Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mwamba Fears the Podcast. This is your host with the most, and Mwamba Papa Moyo. Today's episode, I know there's so many of you budding entrepreneurs out there, and you're just thinking how to do it. You know, you double thinking, triple thinking your decision whether you should go into it. Well, today I've got two guests on, um, longtime friends, basically family, um, that have successfully started their own call it side hustles, side businesses. And um, I thought, let me have the conversation with people who are doing it. And um, maybe that will encourage you to, you know, get up off your bum and and do what you want to do, you know? So today's um, interview guests are um, Zelipa Mulwanda and Kupela Clark. So welcome ladies to the show. How are you? Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. This is Zelipa. I'm really excited to share my story, Kupela here. Nice. So I was uh, just sharing with the with the um, listeners that uh, we know each other. You guys are pretty much family uh, from way back when. Um, you know, we all had different uh, visions and whatever of what we were going to become when we grew up and that sort of thing. Now we're grown. So <laughs> Zelipa, what is your background exactly? Just, you know, give people a brief of what you do um, or what you studied and then what you're currently doing. Okay. Um... I studied economics for undergrad and uh, environment and development for postgrad. I worked a little bit in banking sector and in capital markets, but I have completely changed that. Uh, I'm currently working as an entrepreneur in art, so the selling of art and promoting of local art. Okay, so when you study all this environmental management and, you know, economics, you are planning to become what? CEO. I don't know. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> I, I want to be right at the top of everything. Um, but for me, quickly, I, I realized that as much as I love what I studied, um, it's not something that... I wanted to do for the rest of my life. No. Okay. And so then so, art? Hence the, hence the change. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've always, I consider myself a creative without having the skills to actually paint or draw <laughs> or make something. <laughs> That's, That's okay. Yeah. Um, but I have, I have a deep appreciation of people who do, and I just love being in those spaces. Um, I mean, it's a great experience actually seeing things that from plain paper or plain canvas, and it becomes something totally amazing. And, you know, with the local scene with art, I have just been blown away with some of the artists that I've come into contact with. So, yeah, it's something that I have always uh loved mm-hmm. and when i thought of something to do for myself outside of uh my skill set this was a, a no-brainer for me okay so did you like go, walk into moma one day and say oh i'd love to do this in my own in my own space or um outside being a creative because like, i mean there's things that i like for example but i don't say i'm going to open a gym so <laughs> there must have been a, a process <laughs> that happened no, no for me like every every place that i've visited i i'm drawn to museums um 
if there's like an art show I want to go, if there's okay. an art exhibition. And this is before I got into the business of art itself. So um, it's just, you know, I can easily say from a young age, I've just been drawn to this type of thing. Okay. Uh, just interest and just trying to be a part of it. And this is me uh, being a serious groupie. <laughs> Finally, just getting myself in there um, and just, yeah, appreciating other people's skill sets. Okay. And there's a freedom to art that uh, I cannot explain that, you know, the creation and expression of it. Okay. It's just... Yeah, it's just, I, I think it's we'll just get back to that. Let me just get Capella to introduce like her background. Um, so Capella, what what did you study? Um, I, I don't know whether you were going to be a Hi. construction junkie. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's a very random journey. Uh, I love sci-fi. Always love sci-fi. I yeah. remember watching Gattaca in the nineties, which is about genetic engineered um, futures where mm. we can pick and choose you know what kind of perfect children we, we can have and and what that means <laughs> for a society that looks that way yeah so I was always fascinated with biology I had a, a, an ability for numbers and in Zambia career planning isn't really our strength it's kind of like oh my gosh you can actually understand the stuff you should do it you should do it really well and even then I, I maintained my love for science as well as economics I loved I loved understanding how societies tick from the inside the, the mechanics of forex and trade and the philosophies of you know micro and macro I, it, I, so I did both through um, my undergrad and when I got to uni I did econ and um, a major in in biochemistry and okay. with time it was so easy for me just to skive through the biology I neglected the economics got really complicated when the econometrics and all that really hard <laughs> stuff you economists do so I said nah space. Hard. I'm not going to do that so yeah. I ended up graduating and my mom told me she says you know she's a proper Zambian mom she's like you're going to be poor you can't work in a lab Exactly. That's for poor people, you know, and then I have this um, Zungu white uh, uh, British father, still British to the, this day, and he says, well, you know, follow your heart, you know, do do what you want. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, as a young adult, you're, you're, you know, you do need that guidance. But I think b- both my parents just gave me the pros and cons of what I what I was trying to do. And unfortunately, by the time I woke up, I had a double major in medical biochemistry and human genetics. And then Mm -hmm. I realized I really hate being in a lab. Like I absolutely hated it. I'm a socialite. I love being out there. And instead of being with people, I was with these Petri dishes at three in the morning (laughs) with liquid nitrogen. It was awful. I I suffered through some kind of weird depression in my final year. And I just said, you know, I need to find myself. Mm -hmm. I need to figure out maybe I want to do medicine, you know, and then um, I did this sort of work abroad program for caregiving. Uh, my dad yeah. calls it wiping British bottoms. Really well <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought back to that, that summer, which is then a winter in the UK, looking after really sick people. And I said, you know what? If you're going to do medicine or work in a field of working with people from a medical perspective, you'd be really, really sad. And I'm a really bubbly person. And I yeah. just said, I'm going to be around sick people all the time wanting right. to laugh. And that's not going to fly. Yeah, because <laughs> someone will be suffering through their pain and you'll be, you know, making jokes and making light of this. <laughs> I like want to be depressed by themselves. <laughs> uh, so that didn't work out. So I knew I didn't want to do medicine. I knew I didn't want to be in the lab. 
So then I started thinking, you know, like, you know, let me just find myself. So I got a scholarship and I went and did African studies and I got really inspired. And it's just the whole idea, like there's a whole part of our education that's just missing our own ability in and of ourselves. Right. I feel like I was kind of put in these career tracks. You could be at this, you could be at that, and then you're going to be successful. And then you're going to be successful. And then it was always about you, yourself, by yourself, do better, do best, powerful woman, power woman. And like, right. there's a lot of pressure. And when I did African studies, I realized that you know being in newly independent states newly independent country countries there's so much more than a career that you can have right you can actually find things you can actually redefine things and just say you know this just doesn't work and i think that's partly what roads must fall mm-hmm. is kind of about it's this millennial.com firepower to say we want an alternative reality yes you know and when i came back home I ended up having a career in project management, development programs, mm-hmm. mainly development and health programs, and did a lot of HIV programming. I found myself in this leadership and management space where I was training like over 800 civil servants in Zambia mm-hmm. across over 30 districts, you know, how to manage their health districts better, you know, so it was, so that's kind of how I found myself in this project management space. Okay. Uh, and then, as, as all of you know, project management is a transferable skill. And exactly. it's just a way of thinking, a way of doing things efficiently, effectively, in order to reach your goals and your vision. Right. And I realized that half the time I'm training these people, what are your goals? What's your vision? What are your objectives? What are your timelines? Where's your gun chart? You know, how's your budget looking? And all this other stuff. And I realized I just didn't have a vision for myself. And there wasn't anything in me that was really driving me every day other than the nine to five get a salary pay for stuff make it you know and it was just this dead end drone and right. I, I i started searching i think in maybe 10 years ago and i just said you know there's something like i like how Zalipa you said there's something that burns a fire from way back right you know uh, and, and this idea i mean why am i into sci-fi sci-fi is about you know things could be very different you know yes the threats are different the opportunities are different you know so um when you come back to Zambia and you live in Zambia, there's a real reality that there's no pension scheme, okay? Mm-hmm. And if there is a pension scheme, you just don't know if it will exist by the time you retire. These are just facts. I mean, I don't want to get into politics, but I mean, there are people I know who retired in the 90s and their pension just wasn't there. Right. It just wasn't there for yeah. whatever reason, you know? And that, those are the risks you have to internalize when you come back home. Mm-hmm. So almost everybody in Zambia has their career Mm-hmm. And they have something for you know for passive income. Right. It could be the chickens that you rear. It could be the pigs. It could be the you know the makwebo in church or whatever it is you do. Your side hustle. We call it side hustles. And in Zambia, you actually have an opportunity to have a full-on career and a, like it's totally accepted and normal. But you can't necessarily do that in every other setting. So all of us kind of start on this ladder from early on. You get mentors. You get aunties and uncles who say, okay, yeah, you go to work what else do you do exactly <laughs> and i don't know if and that's so Zambia, true hey I, sorry the hardy dogs are something. in the back with me here <laughs> yeah same i think i have a few who might chime in but i think that's that's the way it goes you might find yourself by the time i think i read somewhere our generation world over by the time we retire we may have five or six careers <laughs> you know because the opportunities are shifting and changing as we move so i don't know if this idea of 
I don't know if if I was I was I felt mad, but like I felt lost that I didn't have a career. Mm. You know what so, are you? Are so you, you a doctor? Are you, you a what are you? You know. So you know what? It's very interesting we're having this conversation because um, I was thinking to myself before. This thing must move. I was thinking to myself before the the meeting um, to say that uh, it's interesting that we can have in Zambia, I guess that the space allows for it, that we can actually be pioneers in certain things that we do. When you look at um, the Western world, it's not um, an uncommon thing, uh, although I don't know the statistics. I don't, I don't think it's an uncommon thing to have a woman who runs a, um, an art gallery or um, someone who's in development and, and you know having a construction. It's, it's, it's not new, but in our context, it's actually, you guys are probably like pioneers in these spaces, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's all of us sort of being put on a path that uh, by our parents that you have to and bless them. They are doing it for the right reasons um, to make sure that you don't uh, suffer or you don't go back to ask for money. (laughs) Uh, So true. um, I think things have changed and... I truly believe we're the generation that has changed those things in the sense that uh, maybe it's also because the, the opportunities are few and so people have had to reinvent themselves. So talking about just like you, you are in this space, you've studied this thing that was supposed to catapult you to success and somehow you're, you're at a snail's pace. Or for me, I couldn't find a job after grad school. Uh, simply because there was a lot of moving and it was right at the tail end of a recession. So you go through uh, the motions of, I, I, what am I? Because I'm supposed to be working and all of a sudden I can't find a job. Right. So I did a lot of volunteering and soul searching. It's taken me a very long time right. to actually get here. Um, so at least uh, for art, it's not... Um, it's not a difficult industry to break into uh, simply because it's almost like uh, free living. Yeah. You know, it's uh, kind of um, just easy going, and um, there's not so much the battles of the sexes, if I can say that. Yeah. It's just you're good or you're not. Right. People like your work or they don't. So. It's, it's always sort of, it, it, there's this thing of thinking of artists more as, um, as people than men and women. Right. You are just thinking of what they produce and not so much who is, who is behind it, if that makes any sense. So, so I get so, that. Yeah. Uh, I, I just um, wanted to, to check with you. It being... Um, Zambian space or let me call it African space that hasn't really embraced or that I know of because growing up I didn't see art galleries I, I, to be honest I think I only experienced them in my um, post 20s life um, so how what has the uptake been you know with an art gallery are people into that I know you, you, you've mentioned that you were passionate about it from really young age which means they must be like-minded people but w- what has it been like so far it's a bit of an uphill battle in that, um, I'll speak for Zambia in my experience, yeah. there's only a very small group of people 
who buy or appreciate art. Mm. So the we we've been getting um, positive feedback. Uh, we've been making a few sales and not to to the level where it actually makes proper financial sense not yet not yet <laughs> uh, but it's also we are in a, a society that you know people say we've got more serious things to do with our money right than buy art right so mm-hmm. what uh, some of the angles that we've taken is to not just um, sell the art, but expose people who would not have necessarily been interested or just know the value of it, simply because, like you said, growing up, there's no art gallery. I mean, we have Lusaka Museum, but how many times have you been there? On a school trip. I went once (laughs) on a school trip. (laughs) So it's, and and you will find that a lot of the galleries that uh, are around and are making money belong to to white people right and they cater to uh, sort of like a fellow it, it could be white people but or exposed uh, black people yeah. who have grown up in a certain um, way mm. um, and those kind of just stick to to those particular galleries or places or person who sells that art and also so then creates a problem with a lot of artists in that if you are not the in artist it's hard to break in Mm. then then you're not selling anything so which brings me back to why we started what we are doing and it's online i mean it's you go to our website it's it's a working program (laughs) Um, but the idea is to (laughs) to expose as many artists who don't who might not have that platform to kind of sell their art and just have a wider range of a wider market yeah so that you're not um sort of tied into the the borders of zambia and you know right and then yeah, it's just greater exposure for them pardon i'm saying it's just greater exposure for them yes okay um and, and, you know, I, I'm always very wary to, to kind of sound like we are the ones who have opened this thing up for, for artists. We are not. Um, there's a lot of people, um, the Art Council, they, who, are working, who are working with artists um, and pushing them into getting into professional spaces where you yourself as an artist can represent yourself. Okay. So it's been, it's something that... I myself, my, my partner is uh, creative and she actually paints. So she understands art much better than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's something that we have had to learn as we go. Okay. Uh, and also just tweak things. I think uh, that's the, the goodness with kind of working um, as creatives. Mm-hmm. If this doesn't work, and this might not work for everybody, if it doesn't work for us, then we kind of go back to the table and say, what does, what right. do we need to do? Exactly. Do How do you need to change it? Yeah. Change? Yeah. Yes. So that's what has been driving us as a gallery. We are kind of uh, figuring it out uh, while, of course, having things that we are not going to compromise on in place. Okay. Super. I don't know. No, that yeah. makes sense. 
And 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 Capella, so you obviously spoke about um, moving from this medical sort of world and then getting into project management and discovering yourself and then you are now a developer. <laughs> yeah, so it starts with this side hustle that almost everybody has in Zambia. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what, what most of us do is we build our own houses. Right. And um, I started off with my partner building a block of apartments in Salama Park. And I really enjoyed it. I caught the building bug. But then that economics angle came in. Mm-hmm. And you have to ask yourself, where is the return on investment? Exactly. <laughs> what, can we, what can we rent for? You know, what can we sell for? And, the, you know, the economics were just not stacking up. And if you borrow, it also wasn't stacking up. Mm. And so I just thought to myself, how many people out there are busy building thinking that it's an investment? <laughs> you know? When it actually and isn't. How many yeah really even enjoy the process wouldn't they want to just come in and you know join an ongoing development that has proven all the basics and not have to stress yourself over it Mm. so we sold in salama park and we started building this model and when we looked at it we looked at all the zones in lusaka and we, we actually found pockets of areas we call them one square k one square kilometer pockets of real estate that is right for mm-hmm. a great return on investment, right? right? At least, you know, eight, ten percent per annum in dollars. Whatever money you put in, you get back every year. So we have just spent the last seven years proving that model because the first hurdle in, in, in Zambia is trust. The second hurdle is actually gender. Do you know there are many couples, many uh, marriages where people don't invest together? It's the man versus the woman. Mm. Then you look at the profession itself. Um, when you look at the profession itself, you know, it's, it's, it's men building for women. I even joined a builder's group. It's called Vanamayo. It's got over 400,000 members. And it's just women advising women because they don't even know who to trust. Mm. So they trust other women's recommendations of which men can do a better job because they've been ripped off. Right. <laughs> so there's huge issues. And they and I'm not the first one and I'm not a pioneer. There's loads more women out there who have done so many projects on their own, but have been so dependent on the other gender for a lot of the skills, a lot of the advice, you mm-hmm. know, a lot. I mean, maybe you would say you'd have a female architect, but they just really aren't there. They're not really they're not really visible. And okay. even with the, like my experience of trying to find a structural engineer, a QS from the professional side, that there are options. Right. But you would you would think that I should prefer to support my fellow sister or you right. know, in, in providing that service to me when I'm when I'm, I'm I'm starting a new development and I have a new vision. But I, I struggled, hey. Mm. And then the the men that I I ended up engaging, we were we were having some power dynamics. You know, I'm like, well, well hang on. Hang on, it's my vision. Right. Okay, I'm paying you to capture that vision. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm a real estate developer. There's something that I'm trying to get out. The space, the way the room. No, the rooms are too small. I said, yeah, but because I'm working to a model. Yes. Okay, it needs to return. If you get too big, the costs get too big and the returns get too small. Right. You need to go smaller. No, I've never seen a place. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Next person, please. Yes, you know, it's you not your vision. Really struggle right down to when you're literally buying materials and the guy's asking, are you sure you want this many um, male adapters? And mm-hmm. you're like, well, yeah. Now I've never seen a, a client buy this many male adapters. What are you building? And I said, that's none of your business. 
anything, it's my money. <laughs> exactly. I'm this many male adapters. Right. You know, and so even with my foreman, we've had to build a relationship to say, you know, because I'm building with my partner, who's my husband, and that's how we started. Um, right. When I got retrenched in 20, uh, I think it was 2018, mm-hmm. beginning of, I took my whole, my whole, you know, gratuity, and I basically built up the first phase of the vision because mm-hmm. we wanted to pilot and we didn't want to pilot with anyone's money. You right. should have more skin in the game. If you're going to be asking people to join you in an investment, you need to have the most skin in the game. So yeah. we took it and we were building rapidly. I took a year off work to make sure this thing works out, you know. So I'm here on the foresight and then they're saying, no, I think we need to speak to Mr. Chung. I said, why do you need to speak to, speak to Mr. Chung? <laughs> what? I'm here. <laughs> yeah, because, because it's a male industry and male dominated and they... they don't think you know what you're talking about. Exactly. Mm. And I had to get him on site and say, can you tell these people that I'm the one in charge? Just tell them, them mm. yourself, mm. that whatever she says, even if I, do, I, I come and say it's, it's, she has the final say. And to have that buy-in is critical. Right. And I think a lot of the time we do this, you know, gender, gender, and we pit the, you know, the, the genders against each other. Right. Women are like this. Men are like this. Right. And it, it doesn't help us. You actually need to have cheerleaders. Exactly. On both sides. I have to cheer. I have. To, I need cheerleaders. And my husband also has to cheer me on and say, yes, you know, you guys need to listen to her because, you know, she, she has power. Mm. <laughs> so so I haven't given her that power. She has power over me as well as she has power over me. You know what I'm saying like that? Yes. Like, I have power over her. She has power over me. And it's a, it's a partnership. It's a partnership. So that's why one square kilometer is a partnership. We call it a partnership. Okay. It's not a company. It is a partnership. Okay. We partner together. And and my husband and I have our own partnership, K and M partnership. And it's there registered as PACRA, as one. So that, you know, the ownership is joint. Mm. And I think once once you know where the power is, it becomes very simple. Mm-hmm. Once it was clear to the people on the site and the partners who invest, because another big thing is people didn't want to invest because my husband was part of the partnership. And it's weird that out of 10 investors, only three are men because the women are distrusting. Mm. What happens when you guys start arguing? Because we know you're going to argue something. Oh, <laughs> wow. So, so the, I mean, <laughs> people are pre-thinking your family dynamic. Um, and that's and it's important because those power dynamics come to, to play. We all see them. But you find that you're relying on the strength of whatever relationship you have and you haven't formalized the power. No, I, 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 I get that. Um, I guess it's very different to what Zalipa was sharing to say, um, she, she said in her space, it's really not about male or female. It's really about more people. Whereas in construction, it's male versus female. Very much. Very, okay. It very much is the genders. Okay. So, who I mean, owns, who decides? So because it's um, entrepreneurship, there's obviously capital investments that be, ha- have to be made. So you've shared that you basically took your, you, the money that you had from your, um, pension or your payout when you were retrenched and you invested all yeah. of that in for the first phase. Zalipa, how did you yeah. fund all of this? Did, did money fall from heaven? Like, did, did it cost like Kimmy a... Kimmy from the grocery. <laughs> <laughs> so how much money is needed for a startup of, of, of you know, what, you, what you're trying to do? So, well, for us, let me give you a bit of background on how we started. Um, so my, my partner and I, 
and we are a female team. Mm-hmm. Yay! Well done. Yeah. <laughs> we 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 actually registered our business in 2017. Right. And initially, we were thinking about doing thrift uh, thrift clothing and having people just buy a saraula. So sort of like a, a fancy saraula. And that just didn't work out. So uh, fast forward, after we, we, we've we mourned the loss of some a little bit of money from ourselves, we had just this idea of making uh, an art, art exhibition outside. And from the goodwill of, we, we've been lucky to find people who kind of just, you know, for free, give you a bit of financial advice or give you space to say just that. I mean, one of uh, the, the people we, call, we, we, we consider a mentor said, listen, when you're starting a business, try and free ride as much as you can. Right. Don't hurry into getting into debt because that can mess things up for you. So we were just kind of like, okay, so now it's not just an exhibition that we're doing. We're going to be a full-fledged gallery. Right. So when we started, we we didn't we didn't have any money. None. I mean, nothing. We had, we we just a dollar and a dream. Leverage. <laughs> and also, it's just leveraging connections. Uh, and by that, uh, husbands. Okay, can you you know can you know how to do a business plan? What do you think we should do here? And uh, again, I think it's also the industry we're in because I don't want somebody out there thinking that it can work for you. It worked for us. Mm. Uh, But I also think it's because of what we are doing. It's easy to just, uh, it's not easy, but we put a call out for artists to say, we're doing this exhibition. Those who are interested in participating, you know, get in contact with us. These are our terms. Yeah, and then before you know it, because we were planning to do it just outside that Mpashi, which is yes. like thirty kilometers away from here, uh, but we were we had we we had desk space at a, a, a tech hub in Kablonga. Right, and then here comes the owner, and he's saying, "You guys are saying you, but you're an art gallery. Where's that? You know." Yes. So he would constantly come in and say, "Okay, so these are new buildings." And I, I want to get uh, people to to move in. Yes. So what you do for your next exhibition, here is free space. Oh, brilliant. Come in, set up, mm. you know. For me, it's free advertising for my, for my office. Yeah, so he just wanted traffic in and out. Space. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So we, we were lucky that we found people like that. And, and we were really just... Okay, so we are, we've got a desk in a tech hub. We need a website. Mm. So who are the people who are doing coding or whatever it is that people do? <laughs> uh, and and that's how it's, students yeah. who are hungry. And they say, listen, we'll give it a try. For us, we are just trying to practice. And that's how we built our website. Brilliant. Um, and then... Like two months later, we had we were talking with um, 
two, two, two companies. One is local and one is international. And we had this wonderful concept of building a city through art. So we are the people who are bringing the arts and basically uh, developing this entire program. And before you know it, there's a little bit of funding for it. Okay. So that is what we have been living on mm. since last year in July. And this was like six months after we started. Um, and so we've just kind of been working um, organically, I guess, and mm. also just dancing to the beat of our own drums. And now we're, we're actually starting. This is the when we are starting to put actual structure in place. Okay. We had started very wide, and now we are kind of uh, narrowing it down to what we're good at and what we really, really want to. So um, we didn't have any funding. Okay. So like you... I said, I and, and you laughed when I said skimming from the grocery money. <laughs> Six hundred. <laughs> okay. And, and, okay. Oh, oh. No, and, and that makes sense um, because uh, most times I've found that when you're passionate about something and it's part of your path, and this is me being spiritual, um, part of your spiritual path, things sort of just align and work, you know, the way they're supposed to. So you might not have any money or you might be retrenched from work thinking this is the worst thing that can happen to me. And then, you know, you fall into place because this is where the universe is basically pushing you to get back to, to align to, which is, I think, amazing. So, uh, one of, and you know, for us, yeah. like, I was, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, I was going to go on to the follow-up question, but but go ahead. I, I, I was a stay-at-home mom for a very long time. Yeah. So, another thing that pushed me into finding, uh, I, I didn't even have a job. So this is not even a side hustle for me. And yeah. going into it, once we decided that we were going to do it as a business, it was just like, I, I need money. Yes. <laughs> I need to make my own money. <laughs> and so you, I think also the freedom of nothing to lose. Yes. Um, and also because we didn't borrow, we didn't have to answer to anyone once we changed the scripts right. of how we were going to do things. That kind of helped us um mm. in in getting to at least where we are now where we have uh, for now stable uh, uh income but has also allowed us to put in we're working on papers for fundraising right and like Pella said you have to invest in yourselves uh, so that even when the people that you're asking for money come and have a look at your business and see what you've done we have at least a year to show the growth from exactly. where we started up to now and what we've done to get funds to, you know, or push us along. Right. Um, so you yes. need basically invest in yourself so other people want to invest in you as well. Yes, Be but your... people invest in people. Exactly. Sometimes exactly. they invest in business, but they invest in you Right. and your vision. So you have to be true to your vision and the people who invest in you. Okay. So... Um, what has been the biggest lesson for you guys individually thus far? You've taken on this journey. Um, it's been difficult. It's been, you know, uh, power dynamics in your case, Kupela. Um, what have you learned? What's the biggest lesson thus far? I'll start with you, Kups. I think um, the, best, the best lesson is friends, fools, and family. 
you know when you're having these really crazy ideas talk about them Mm -hmm. share them you'll be so shocked how many people that are very close to you that you trust with this vision they will give you amazing advice Mm -hmm. and they'll allow you to make those mistakes safely (laughs) yeah like I know Teppa is very close to all of us is a good friend that has been an amazing sounding board for the longest time mm. from the from the moment the crazy idea was birthed and she's helped shape it just by talking and I've spoken to you Zalipa I've spoken to mm. you and you know they don't you don't have to be investors you have advisors very close to you who, who want the best for you and sometimes they'll give you that advice that um, you don't want to hear <laughs> because of the strength of the relationship you, yes. you need people that you trust and can advise you that for me has been a great lesson to to walk with with such giants okay it's nice Zalipa? ask the question again <laughs> biggest lesson learned in your journey thus far um i i totally agree with what propeller said okay so i was um like Capella said, there's um, there's a lot of people that, even if you don't believe so, are willing to to help, and be it monetary advice or just some support. Um, I I must say, just like she did, um, you ladies have been a huge support to me, and you know, kind of stepping out to do something different is always very scary. Uh, but to have people who kind of push you along and kind of say, okay, you know, just, just, just keep at it has been uh, a huge, huge motivating factor for me in times where I am feeling unsure. Um, but another big lesson is kind is me believing in what I'm doing. Right. And not fearing the, the failure. You know, because we live in a society where you try something, you fail, and people laugh at you. And so a lot of people don't even start because of that ridiculous thing. Um, I have had to learn not to care. Right. And, and just, you know, jump in and, and do it. If it works out, brilliant. If it doesn't work out, there's a lesson there. And I know it seems cliche when people say it like that, but it's absolutely true. Um, You have to be ready to fail and to start again and to learn from it and just to keep on going. But you also have to believe in what you're doing. And, And I think that's the biggest thing, though, because if you don't have belief in what you're doing, then what are you doing it for, you know? Exactly. Then it becomes like one a job. It's you a know job. What I mean? Yeah. Um, you're you're, you're you nine know, to five. Yeah, just clocking I just, in. <laughs> I feel like part of that narrative the parents gave us, like, was just do well at school. Yeah. You know, and everything will fall in. But the the you know anywhere, even in Oxford, even in London, Zalipa, the network, mm. the network, yeah. guys. You need and you need a bunch of people who open some of those doors for you, who explain complicated things that you don't understand, who invest in you 
like you said, yes. Jennifer, you know? so if you're not talking about what you're doing, then you're doing something very wrong. If you're waiting to do it secretly in a corner and then kapow, I, you know, I ha- I ha- I'm doing better than all of you. That seems <laughs> to be the focus, like on Facebook, just checking each other's, you know, holiday pictures. Mm-hmm. There's a problem. There's something wrong with your network. It's, it's interesting yes. you say that. A, a friend of mine said to me recently, closed mouths don't get fed. And I thought, whoo. That's true, you know, um, in the sense that you must be speaking to people. There are people within your network or maybe just outside your network that can be helpful to you. Share something that, you, you know, you, you might not necessarily understand. Um, and, and I think uh-huh. the society that we live in as well right now is exactly what you're saying, Gopela, is people are uh, maybe just waiting to see what, what you're doing. And like you're saying, Zalipa, they're, they're expecting you to fail so that they can laugh at you. But the thing is... They're not doing anything themselves, so you know how can you judge from an empty plate what else someone else is eating? You know, and you have to sort of uh, shut 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 out the noise mm. because as much as you might get support from friends and family and um, colleagues, there's going to be the other group mm. that says, you know. Uh, for example, I want to start uh, to start selling shoes. Mm. People will come and say there are a lot of people who are doing that. Mm. You know, that's not a good business. Right. All these this thing and the other. But maybe you have a different angle to it. Exactly. Okay? And if you truly believe that that is what you need to do, I think you should give it a try, and not just. Uh, half assets, mm. sorry to say, but you, you have to be willing to all be in. All in. All in. Yeah. Work. Yes. Okay. So that's the key point. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, you, know, you, ha- you have to, you know, you can't sort of do it and then look around what are people saying. Or you, I, I have a friend who started the tracking business right after he came from the U.S. And he started with a tipper truck and would go to the mines, come back looking dusty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they're working in a, a maize mill um, factory. Yeah. But he, and, he, and, and he would say, you know, on the days that now you're just getting out of the car, you're still looking hectic. Right. And you just need to buy a few things from the supermarket. Mm-hmm. From the time you leave the car to the supermarket is when you meet everybody. Exactly. There. That's when everyone seems to want you know, to shop. And here you are, <laughs> looking like a Caponia. No shade to the Caponias. Uh, but you have this American accent. And you know how... how Zambia is with those things. Ah, yeah. You know, this one just came from the US. Hey, you people, when you go, this is a... and yet he said, Listen, I had to say I am doing something. Right. So, whoever is thinking a certain way about how I look, I am not bothered by it. And for me, that really taught me something to say, I am doing something for myself and my family. Right. I am building something that. I truly believe in, believe in, and it's well. If it fails, I would have given it my best. Exactly. I would have given it my time, you know. And if it succeeds, then absolutely amazing. Yeah. But I'm not going to be stopped by what people other people think, think about me, right. or who does not support me. 
or who does not see my vision because I have to remember that I'm the vision carrier. Exactly. Nobody yeah. else. Exactly. But you know, Jennifer, I like that example of the shoes because that's the thing. You like you have to fail. You have to have some thick skin. You need to get yeah. your criticism, choose what you need, and then you also need to admit when you're wrong, when you you, you yes. do it too much. You know, in entrepreneurship, there's a gold, there's a simple rule. That rule is solve a problem. Guys, if you are doing something because you enjoy doing it, that is not a that is not a business. That's a jobby. Okay, some <laughs> money, some that's not it. You know, when you're talking about entrepreneurship, it should return, it should return. Mm. You know, it needs to, and you need to keep struggling as an entrepreneur. Like, there might yeah. be an aspect that is you're passionate about and you enjoy, but you have to keep reinventing yourself and say, okay, this angle doesn't make sense. Find another yeah. angle, right? And you'll find it. It's problem but solving, you need that yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, so we, we've spoken about you guys' individual journeys. So now we're looking at the greater economics of it. Um, and, and I'm thinking in terms of the, the, the economic landscape in Zambia and government, are there programs or, um, I don't know, various forms of assistance that comes into play when people recognize things like what you're doing? So, Zalipa, you mentioned like the Art Council is trying to do stuff with, you know, um, artists, but you've you've gone out on a limb with your partner, with your co-founder and done this art gallery. Are people coming to knock on your door to say, we appreciate that you do this and you clearly have a model of how you can do it. How can we help you? Is there space for that? I, I believe there is. We just haven't gotten it yet. Uh, it could be the way that we have been advertising ourselves, maybe not as aggressively as we should have. Mm -hmm. And in terms of um, maybe government or, you know, what do, they, what do they call them when it's two governments working together? Uh, organizations that are, there, there are many, and especially if it's women involved, you know how it's, they, they really like um, supporting those type of businesses. Yes. We just have to figure out where we fall under. Because a lot of them that have the money to actually invest in uh, in entrepreneurs have particular um, what are, what are they? Is it particular fields that okay. they invest in? So you really have to do your your research on on who who has money for the type of work that you do, and um, for us we. We, we wanted it already, and we are doing it. There's a, a huge um, social and community impact uh, factor that we have had to sort of uh, make noise about, and it's something that we are also passionate about. And that kind of helps to have people who, who hopefully eventually invest in us. So yeah, there are people, there are, there are groups and organizations that do invest in, in small businesses. Um, how easy is it to get into them? I'm not sure because this actually is our first phase of okay. looking for money. Okay. Yeah. And, and Capella, likewise? I think you just have to be real to the situation in Zambia. We're going through a serious fiscal crisis. So any financial kind of help it's, it's a tall order, I think, across the board. 
Um, but my experience with the local government has been quite positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the beginning, I used to receive a call-out order on the construction in Kalingalinga every week and a stop order. Mm-hmm. And I've been called to various tribunals because the belief is that A, you're, Zambian, you're using Zambian contractors, B, you're in Kalingalinga, and C, you're a woman, so you must be doing something wrong. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know? And so they really rained, they yeah. really rained on us and every time would would be you know would be called in would be like oh here are the plans we submitted here is the approval here's the engineering sign off on phase one phase two phase three and then we've built that trust okay so as as it is i haven't received a call out in over a year oh well done progress so in a way that's <laughs> it's progress <laughs> so you know what i i asked the question that i did um you guys are basically creating um you know it's a private sector industry. You're creating um, in employment for a number of people. Um, if it's not artists, it's, it's bricklayers. It's, um, you know, all the informal sector as well in the construction industry. So if, if I was a government, and, and maybe like Kupela says, it's a sign of the times that, you know, that there's just no money to go into these various spaces. But <clears throat> you guys are actually doing something to try and uplift the economy through your own um, industries. And it's something that should be recognized and people should, you know, appreciate and try to um, multiply across the board so that we it's not dependent on, on, on what, or only dependent on what the government is doing, but also investing in private sector to say that, you know what, we're actually doing more than just an art gallery um, for an elite few or um, one square K that's, you know, accommodation for elite few. It's not that. It's literally providing jobs and helping lift the, the you know GDP of the country. So that's why I was saying I'm um, asking whether there's been any um, um, additional insights or you know feedback from places like the government to to help grow your businesses. Not, Not this one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, I mean it's one thing that I've been exploring because as you I mean obviously the listeners won't know this but um, like you said we we do have apprentices programs for women we do deliberately seek out um, service providers that are women and um, for ourselves we also have an environmental angle we deliberately design for energy efficiency we have the you know solar geysers we have biodigesters we have uh, brick facing so that there's there's more um, um, temperature control mm. and better ventilation to reduce the need for air cons and heaters, for instance. Right. So we have all those things in there. The ingredients are in there, and there's a lot of financing from other governments, like right. um, DFID, who have CIGIC, which is Better Cities mm-hmm. Initiative. The SDGs have a whole um, goal around m- more efficient cities. So those are, you know, there are other governments that are actively financing these kinds of projects, which have a social and environmental uh, climate aspect to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the size of our project right now is quite small. We mm-hmm. are only, we're just under $500,000 invested. So for them, that's quite small. Right. So I definitely, for us, in our vision and our growth plan, when we reach a certain critical mass, maybe on the fourth, fifth building, I think that's now something that you can say, look, we've done it on our own. 
we just need a, maybe a guarantee so that we can get a bigger loan. Right. So even then, because you're a private sector enterprise, we know debt has implications. If it's not a grant, then maybe just guarantee so that we can get cheaper financing to scale. Yeah, exactly. And those are all the ways that we believe a government should, like you said, for those social benefits, be interested. Mm. It's just uh, our government, I don't think, is in a space that can do that. But mm-hmm. if, if they can back us, we can partner with maybe you know a bilateral like Sweden. Okay. Um, I'm going to make sure that uh, we get the right audience to to listen to this particular podcast so that, you know, uh, perhaps there's um, more, um, what do you call it, visibility for you guys. Um, But as a last point, and I've loved having you guys on because it's been an eye opener, even just for me, just to understand what maybe a a normal struggle or if if, if you could call anything about entrepreneurship normal, um, you guys would go through. Uh, But what do you believe is the greatest um, motivator to you as a woman to be successful and what has been the greatest hindrance on your success, if there has been? I'll start with you, Zelipa. So hindrance, let me see. You know, I, I think one has been just, I think myself, uh, there, there's still a very fearful aspect to or just how far or how big I can take what I'm doing. Right. Um, but in, in terms of the business, a, a hindrance has been not having enough um, tech knowledge okay. because we are an online uh, business. Mm-hmm. I, I think if, if I had the know-how, um, my website would be just much, much better. Mm-hmm. And this is not me hating on, on, on what we have done so far, but I feel like if you kind of have the knowledge about uh, certain aspects of your business, it, it helps. Um, I, I wish I could just go in there and do it myself. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, we've had difficulties finding software uh, engineers to work with locally. Mm-hmm. I think they're called, is it developers? Yeah. yeah. So we've had We've had uh, a challenge in finding somebody who can just, well, this is what we want. We, we've been writing briefs um, and just have somebody kind of run with it. Um, so that has been a bit of a challenge for us in that we uh, have not been able to find somebody. And of course, we're working on a budget, which is the other problem, mm. um, to, to, to just bring to give us a facelift or show us in the light that we actually want to show ourselves, exactly uh concerning our website motivator is I, I i i know this this thing is a good thing i mean we've just rolled out an initiative um in ngombe compound mm-hmm. uh, which we are targeting youth who are interested in art so we are providing pencils and sketches. We've started, we've been doing it since April, mm-hmm. and we've had like an overwhelming uh, response to it. We thought that it would be just like two or three kids, uh, but these are kids who are doing it outside of school uh, and could just be easily playing football or you know getting into whatever teenagers get into. But we have had kids who are dedicated. We do it once a week. Who are coming in and have been you know we've interviewed a couple of them and they've the response has been overwhelming 
Yeah. They want this, they want to do it, and they keep, you know, improving. So the vision of that is to have mentorships with uh, well-established artists with these kids who can just kind of help them with skills, because we're not a school, yeah. but just create that kind of community amongst artists. And for me, that type of impact where you can see direct uh, change in yes. uh, someone's life mm. has been amazing yeah. and it's it's quite motivating i know that this is something that i'm not just doing for self mm. i'm actually improving in right. the small way that i can uh a young person's life that's amazing because it also comes down to you know these kids or come from um some homes not all of them some homes that have challenges mm. and you make it to grade 12 and you want to be an artist, there's just no way your parents are going to say, um, yeah, go ahead. You know, mm. Go into this field. And so we, we are using this as a way to encourage the kids. And this is for, it's, 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 it justifies what we do. Brilliant. We, we, we want to push a new generation of, 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 youngsters who are interested in art and say that you know once you're committed to something you know that you have to put in the work mm. um and so it it it's it keeps pushing us mm. it keeps motivating us um and we 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 are hoping that um these things have long long repercussions and that keeps us going because there's somebody who's dependent on what we're doing no that's brilliant um and i think you know just mentioning that you go into these various neighborhoods to get these kids to you know have that option with art it's giving it's it's exactly that giving them an option because um i know growing up it, it was you know when, when you're outside school it's you play soccer or you're getting up to nonsense with whoever but and sport really um sport outside the school system uh, I, I don't know if it's still true in, for for Zambia but it's not it's not that highly um uh, focused on you know there, there's no big drive for it so if you give children an option or kids an option to do something like art and see whether they're talented you know you're growing a different part of 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 the you know demographic you you're, you're growing that and there are many aspects to it right there's a lot of um expression so it's therapeutic yeah and exactly. so it's it, it's a space where we're hoping that these kids are going to feel safe enough to express themselves and put that expression onto paper uh Kupela and i have been talking about doing an, a residency at uh one k square mm -hmm. I don't know if she remembers or if she still wants to do it. She might. Do it. Yeah, <laughs> she, she's like, when, when did we have that conversation? <laughs> <laughs> We're almost there. I'm just about to pour a deck for you to do it on. <laughs> so, so, Capella. So it's also it's funny that we, it's, it's also centered to, to use uh, what we're going to do with Capella, but I'll let her uh, answer your question. Okay. 
Okay, so for me, I'll be very quick. My mom is a feminist, bra-burning feminist. She has done so much, not just for this country, but for the continent. Mm -hmm. Um, And so having a a cheerleader like that from the front just says you can do whatever you want, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's amazing. So, you know, those doors have been open, not just for me, but for all of us. Mm -hmm. And I think the generation before us did the really heavy lifting. Um, The hard lifting is is getting us to believe in each other. Right. And I have had that. Like I said, eight of my, um, uh, seven of my, my investors are women. Mm. And these are people who believe in me, like you said, Zadipa, we believe in each other's potential. That is has been such a, a great enabler. And I will not have, what is it, the 22 units that I have today if, if they didn't believe in me and, and, and what we can do together. Mm. Uh, I started off with investing in five units. Now we are 22. We're growing and we're growing together and we're sharing in, in, in that investment our, our mothers made for us. Mm. Um, the hindrance is there are some of us that don't believe in, sh- in pooled um, abilities. I think we've done a lot of girl child, girl child. You can do it, right? Mm-hmm. You can do it on your own. But like the reality is if you're going to do anything big, guys, you need to work with people. Mm. You've got to find a way of building each other up. And, and and I've experienced that where you just get one bad egg, you know? Mm. <laughs> and the whole energy goes away. Right. Uh, because one Everything person falls apart. Yeah. You, you can't. You you know why you know you know, like you said, Zalipa, those are definitely a hindrance and they are women themselves. Mm. There's a bunch of us who just don't believe in ourselves yeah. and we don't believe in each other. Mm. And so when I get my investors, I, I have a damn good look <laughs> at the traits because you just don't need you don't need somebody who's not with it, who's not believing in what you can do together. If this is going to be me versus her, who has the best shoes, who has the best grades, who has the best everything, it can't work. Mm. You know, so you really need people who, men or, or women, both, who, who believe in partnership. And the, the biggest hindrance I have found is people thinking beyond themselves mm. and what they can do on their own. That mentality is so pervasive. I don't know if it's a men versus women. I would say it's just all of us, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but where I've gotten the most traction is women believing in women. Like I always laugh with my, my, my partner, my husband. I say, you, you, where are your investors? Where are the, where are the people who are investors? <laughs> <laughs> They're nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a strength of women. We do believe in each other and we should celebrate that. And, yes. and you know, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you a practical example of, of women really can pull together and, and do, uh, do stuff together. Um, so my mom um, tried to get me to do this thing called village banking. I'm sure you guys know, know what that is in Zambia. But it's basically, it's a stock fell. <laughs> Right. It's it's women pulling money together on a monthly basis, which at the at the end of the year or whatever, you will get this big payout of whatever you've invested, basically. But if we did more with that money um, and well, and, and I'm sure there's people doing it use that resource um, to buy a unit at one um, square K um, to buy some artwork, invest in some artwork, because, you know, art is one of those things. It's appreciate it's supposed to appreciate over time. So once you create that market for it. Um, you, you know you've got an asset in your house as opposed to 
you know, buying, and not that there's anything wrong with just buying something fancy at the end of the year that, you know, you've saved towards. Why not make a lasting investment into it um, using your village banking funds, you know? So I think there's various ways that we can actually help grow businesses like your own um, as because we've shown it time and time and again as women that we are able to do stuff like this together. And, you know, even men themselves, but it's just maybe opening up the space to have your mind think differently. And um, that's what part of this podcast is to do. It empowers women, it inspires them and have them aspire to greater. So I'm so happy that you guys came on today. I'm very thankful for your spaces and your insight and, you know, just what you've shared today. So I'm going to allow you guys to plug (laughs) your businesses. I'm going to have the links and everything in, in once it's published. But if you could just give a plug of where you can be found and how people can get in touch with you. Zalpa. Awesome. Uh, I just wanted to say you're doing great, by the way. Thank you. I listen to your podcasts. <laughs> you better. <laughs> some, I, I think you're so brave. Um, you know, some of your episodes are just so honest. Uh, uh, not some. All your episodes are honest. And, you know, touching on things that... Um, should be talked about and some things that people suffer through alone so kudos to you and thank you thank you so much chenna we have just completed our art house at Nkwashi. it's 30 30 35 kilometers from crossroads for those who live in Lusaka. they will know where that place is but um that's where we are now that's those are our offices and our art house is open to the public uh, you have to do a booking simply because of the distance. Uh, and we can have you set up. Uh, you come and have a, some wine. Uh, we're going to be having some art exhibitions that will be announced on all our social media platforms and as well as our website. What so is your social you media platform? To. It's uh, Chenna Art House, uh, Chenna Art Gallery on Instagram and I believe on Twitter and Facebook. And okay. uh, it's um, com. Brilliant. We'll have so all the, the art house up. is more of just a, a creative space where we can do all things arty and our offices. But it's it's a lovely place. We have a body of water close to it. It's 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 quite amazing. So yeah, we are going to have uh, sundowner summers. So a few things and events to. For people to come and have a good time uh, but hopefully once this pandemic is under control we can have um, as many exhibitions as we can brilliant so yeah that's basically us and, and capella where can you be found if anyone wants to invest in your spaces yes we are found uh, our first investment is in kalingalinga which is um, near the University of Zambia. You'll find us on that road that connects Tabo and Becky to Kamloops. It's an, we call it now Ngwenya Extension. Mm-hmm. Online, you can find us on uh, www.1squarek.com or letters, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or 1SquareK. 
uh, handles. Um, you're free to contact me directly through those websites or any other forum or, or come and you know pay us a visit. We're always excited to show people what we're up to in Kalingalinga and it's going to be the first of many, many projects. But um, I just want to be the cheerleader for both of you guys. You've been very inspiring to me both. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's always awesome to share and I think that's that's where the gem is. I think we, we should continue talking about what we're doing uh, and um, I just want to say what an, what an excellent and chat this has been and we need more sometime De soon over wine <laughs> over wine at Chenna <laughs> Arts House <laughs> yes uh, that and too. I went to, to visit uh, um, 1K Square was that last year when you guys had done your first phase yeah and even then it was absolutely amazing and when you come you need to go and see I, I because she, she, she's, she's really They've really done unconventional uh, builds and even the, the the fixtures. Yes. They have mbaulas for light fixtures. And when the lights go on, this looks, it looks like a sun, um, eclipse of the sun, if you're standing yeah. under it. But it's, it's, it's such a great uh, project. And you can really tell that they're, they're, they're thinking outside of the box, which is really refreshing. Mm. And you inspire me, Miss Kupela. She, she has all her information, and I'm always calling, saying, "What do I do with this?" When I <laughs> when I needed to raise some money, <laughs> what should I do? And it's also those picking up the call. You know, comes back to what we've been saying here about you know just supporting each other. And as women, when we win, I think everybody. Wins. Everybody wins. So this has been a main thing. No, yeah. thank you both. As I've said, ladies, um, it has been an amazing chat, and I hope everyone who's listened has learned a thing or two. Or if they've got an extra buck to spare, we'll obviously invest in any of the businesses that we've discussed today. So, with everything else, and I love you for listening. As always, I am out. <laughs> <laughs>